This is a special bonus episode of the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. Fly Fishing Founder Series, where you hear behind-the-scenes stories from the companies who are going all-in on fly fishing. This week, we have Adams Built Fishing with Mont Adams. Welcome to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show, where you discover tips, tricks, and tools from the leading names in fly fishing today. We'll help you on your fly fishing journey with classic stories covering steelhead fishing, fly tying, and much more. How's it going, everyone? Thanks for stopping by the Fly Fishing Show. Interested in finding out uh, what the top fly fishing destinations are based on feedback from listeners of this podcast? Go to wetflyswing.com slash great, and uh, you can check out the the results of the survey. Uh, Get your password and a chance to experience a trip of a lifetime with uh, yours truly and some of the biggest guests we've had on the episode on the past podcast episodes. Just uh, go to wetflyswing.com slash G-R-E-A-T. In today's episode, I talked to Mont Adams, the guy behind Adams Built Fly Fishing. We talk about Mont's story uh, going from family-owned outdoor business uh, to his own company and a bunch of other uh, great uh, background on Mont. This is a pretty fun one and, and a good story. So without further ado, here's Mont Adams from AdamsBuiltFishing.com. How's it going, Mont? Uh, good. Always glad to get up early in the morning, and, the, and it's nice to meet with you, Dave. Yeah, yeah, no, thanks for coming on. I appreciate you uh, having this conversation. We're, we're going to check in a little bit with you on what you have going with Adams Built Fishing. You've definitely got a bunch of products, and, you know, I have some questions. I'm just trying to provide some extra value for people that listen to this, and, you know, I know you you have some uh, some good products out there. So we're going to dig into all that. Before before we get there, maybe just talk kind of uh, briefly about how, you know, you got into fly fishing and then how you brought this all up to having a, a fly fishing company. Well, um, actually, interesting story. Um, uh, as a young man, I, I my parents were in the newspaper business and uh, always very, very busy. But one of my dad, my dad loved to fly fish. And so um, every once in a while, when when I was young, we'd get to a break away for a week, uh, you know, a weekend, a Saturday or something, and head out to the the beaver ponds in the upper mountains of Utah, and we could do a little fishing. But I didn't get to go very much, and so fishing was not something that I did a lot. But when I when I became a young man, um, my parents moved to Fallon, Nevada. And they were in. The, they bought the newspaper here, and then I uh, finished high school in Utah. Um, I went in, on a mission to Hawaii for a couple of years, and then came home and came out to Fallon to meet with my parents. and And while I was here, I uh, met a young lady whose name was Elaine Hendricks. And uh, long story short, we, uh, we we got engaged and eventually got married. Um, her family, the Hendricks family, owned a company called Hendricks Outdoors, which uh, when we got married, my father-in-law wanted to retire. So I was able to, to move in and take his position and ended up as part of Hendricks Outdoors. Hendricks Outdoors has been a longtime uh, fishing tackle distributor here in the West. Um, they began in 1969, and I started with them in 1983. And over the years, um, you know, became very uh, much in love with fishing um, because of my uh, slight fly fishing background as a kid. I became very interested in the fly fishing side, which Hendricks didn't do at first. Uh, 
And then we were able to start uh, putting in uh, some fly fishing products into the Hendrix Outdoors inventory. Um, uh, I became a lot more excited about it. I really enjoyed the fly fishing side. We carried product lines such as Scientific Angler, Rio, and many, many other name brands um, over the years. As we went along, um, we decided that we needed to, to create a product line um, that created a little bit more margin for the company. So I began designing uh, products under the Hendrix Outdoors label, which actually began with waders. Uh, that's kind of where the waiter business began back in the late 1990s. And um, that blossomed into other things, you know, tools, bags, nets. And we just began to carry a lot of things. And then uh, back in 2014, um, I separated from the Hendrix Outdoors Company and started Adams Built Fishing. That's kind of a, a short synopsis of, of how Adams Built began. Gotcha. So, so Hendrix Outdoors is still going, going strong out there? Yeah, my wife's brother still has Hendrix Outdoors here in town. He has a warehouse on the other side of town and still doing business. And, oh, wow. Um, What's the, um, you know, what do you think over all those years of the Hendrix, I guess, uh, you know, working there, what, what uh, is the biggest thing you learned or that you took away that helped you with, with Adams Built? Well, I think the biggest thing I learned, you know, of course, you know, learning the business side of it, you know, understanding inventory and how to work with customers. Um, we were actually, a, a, this is kind of an old school term. We were wagon jobbers. In other words, we actually pulled, drove big trucks or pulled trailers and actually delivered uh, right to their doorstep. Hmm. And we did that for many, many years. Wow. Then eventually we hired salesmen in other states. And um, we began to work more in the office. And that's when I started traveling overseas and, and manufacturing and, and creating uh, the product line, which is now Adams Built Fishing. Gotcha. Wow. That's, uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. So now, yeah, and you, as you said, the waiters are the first thing you started with. And what was that process like going in? I mean, obviously you guys had waiters. Uh, well, I'm thinking you had waiters at, at uh, Hendrix Outdoors, but... What was that process process like getting into your first actual product? Well, let's see. Now, did you get into the Hendrix waders or, or did you start that with Adams? Yeah, we started out manufacturing uh, under the Hendrix label. Um, the way that had to happen was I, I met a few guys at, show, at shows that were actually manufacturing waders and I kind of tied myself in with them and uh, we were ordering waders through them. It was a company out of Colorado. We were ordering waders through them, and then they were just bringing it in in our packaging. And then eventually I kind of separated from them and, and started doing it on my own. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, so so maybe we can dig in a little bit uh, a little bit later in that process. I did want to check. Um, you mentioned a couple of things there. The um, You know, your dad, I guess, didn't – you said – you know, like to go fishing, but didn't go as much as maybe he would like it. It kind of reminds me of the, uh, I had John, uh, gear rock on in episode 47 and, and he kind of said the same thing that his dad, he loved going fishing, but because he worked so much, he never had a lot of time. And, and that's part of the reason why uh, gear rock became a trout bum and started writing. Um, but is that kind of the same situation for you as far as why you got into all this? Yeah, I mean, I I love absolutely loved going with him. Um, you know, sneaking up on those little trout ponds and and you know just watching him 
I mean, I didn't, I don't know that I participated that much as, as much as I watched, but it was just really, really neat to see, you know, and as we started, as I started with Hendrix, you know, we were so busy. We were always, we worked many, many hours a day, but every once in a while we could get a break. And I met some, some friends on the road that would take me out at night. We do, we did some night fly fishing up at a place called Butt Lake in Northern California. And, and, uh, you know, I started fishing with some of the best fly fishermen I I knew up there and and uh, watching them and then getting to catch great big trout, you know, on little flies. Okay. And were some of those was, were some of those fly fishermen names that we might know of? Well, one that's fairly known around here is Jay Fair. Mm-hmm. Um, he has fly tying materials. He's since passed away, but mm-hmm. another one was Irv Wheat. He was a fly tire up in Chester, California. He's also passed away, but mm. you know they were all older guys that I became friends with that that um i was able to learn so many techniques from and get to catch you know fish that i normally had never seen before it was just it was just awesome that's cool and these so these are some of your biggest mentors are there other people out there that had an influence on you know you with in fly fishing Uh, i would say those are my biggest mentors i mean there's been several fly shop owners and people i've been able to travel with you know to destinations that i've learned from and um, you know, it, it, it's just been a, a, a huge fly fishing school for me, you know, being a part of this industry, just because I've had the opportunity of fishing with so many different people in so many different wonderful locations throughout mm-hmm. the world. Gotcha. Okay. Well, let's, uh, yeah, well, I wanted to jump into a little more. I had some questions just on generally about, you know, some of your specifically your products. And I mean, this gives us a good highlight as far as how you got into it. It's always interesting hearing because, you know, you, sometimes you, you kind of think, well, how do these people get going? But you obviously had a long, I mean, you've had a long history here with a company that's been around a long time and um, probably not too different than a lot of the, the people I've talked to, uh, you know, that have been in the, <laughs> we kind of the fly fishing industry, we, I guess we kind of joke about that term. I've had people actually tell me, you know, not to use the word industry <laughs> listeners because yeah. it kind of doesn't sound, you know, it's not how they think of fly fishing. But I mean, how do you think of fly fishing when you think about it? What what's the, what comes to mind for you? Is it, is it business first or what, what? what is it? No, you know, when I, when I think of fly fishing, I think of getting outside, you know, being out in nature, you know, um, part of the mystique of fly fishing to me is just the, the wonderful opportunity to go places and see new things and to see beautiful, you know, water, mountains, oceans, those kind of things. Um, it's it's such a relaxing thing for me to get out of the office and, and to get out because the daily grind of selling fishing tackle, you know, fly fishing tackle, you know, is, is something I really, really enjoy. Mm-hmm. But you need a break. Yeah. And that's the beauty of fly fishing is that you can just go and get away. That's right. And, and it's a lot of fun. That's right. Really, get, really good. And get away. And you get a the bonus is you get to use your, your gear while you're out there on the water, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I think I might have uh, saw you out there with a connection to Ascent Fly Fishing. Is that um, a company you've worked with or been uh, connected with? Um, they may be one of our customers. Oh, okay. Yeah. It, it sounds familiar. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. Because you, I mean, you basically, you're, are you a, I mean, your products, do you a distributor or how, what would you categorize yourself as a, you know, if people wanted to get a hold of your products, what, what are you guys or what are you? Well, we're a manufacturer, so we, yeah. we sell to the retailer. Okay. So yeah, you're, so, you're fully. And if people wanted to 
to get a hold of your products, they can go to your website and, and pick them up there, or they can go to fly shops or wherever you guys are located. Correct. On our, on our website, we have a, a mapping locator where they can go and find any fly ship, you know, fly shop that oh, cool. carries our product in their area. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. That makes it easy. So what is, so our waiters, is that your best selling item? Yeah, I would say that's our keystone item. That's the one that we, that we uh, have built our business. Or it's extremely good to the, the waiter business. Okay. And it seems like waiters, you know, over the years have been, you know, I know, you know, as I've been involved in it, it's been challenging, right? And this is probably all companies could say this, where occasionally you have a, a shipment order that comes in that's not the highest quality, something happens there. But, you know, I guess that's one question. How have you had to deal with that? And then how do you, how do you make sure on the quality control, control stuff? Because waiters is challenging, right? I mean, you guys have Gore-Tex waiters. Um, have you had to deal with some of those issues? And then, and then what was that like? We actually don't do Gore-Tex, but oh, okay. we do have our own uh, proprietary oh, gotcha. membrane. That it's called Pore-Tech, actually, and it, it's it's been a really good product. But the waiter business, you know, over the years, we had one major issue when we were actually being manufactured by that other company I was telling you about mm-hmm. in Colorado. We got a shipment of waiters in, and, you know, they looked great. We got them out on the market. People were fishing them. I got a phone call one day and the guy said, Hey, I was just fishing a brand new pair of your waders. They, they were awesome. We were, I was out fishing and about an hour in, it was like the floodgates opened and my waders completely filled up with water and oh boy, did I panic. <laughs> and so I, I went out and got a pair and did a little bit of testing, filled them full of water. And sure enough, um, they just filled up with water and I did a little checking and found out the factory for some reason had created uh, this fabric and had left the membrane out. Oh, yep. So I immediately started to recall every pair of waders that was out there, uh, got them back. Uh, we had, you know, new waders made that kind of put a little halt in the waiter sales there for a while, but yep. we were able to get almost every pair of waders back and then get them replaced with, with, with the new waders that had membranes in them. Gotcha. And that's really the only major issue we've had with waders. Waders are waders, you know, they, they, you know, they traditionally are going to leak at some point. Yeah. But we've been able to find uh, over the years, I've been able to work really hard to find a quality factory that we've actually been in for many, many years now. Mm-hmm. And our, uh, Waiter quality is is uh, top of the line. I have no complaints at all. Our customers are very pleased. We have very very few returns. Um, when we do, we're able to fix them here quickly and get them back out to the customer. So our customer service has been really really good as well. Yeah, that's right. And that's you know I, that's one of those things on waiters. Yeah, I mean they're going to wear out. It's just a matter of time or, or when. Do you guys have any sorts of? I mean, do you see? Do you have a time frame where you expect your? I guess it depends on how much you use them. A guide who's going to wear out a waiter, a pair of waiters in a season, versus somebody who fishes every once a month is a little different deal. But what what is your warranty? You know, how does that whole process work? If somebody does have a pair of waiters that that leaks, or you know, or maybe it's maybe they put a hole in them, how do you guys deal with that? Well, we have a we have a written one year warranty that at any time we will either repair or replace any type of waiter if there's a you know a factory issue where you know something's come apart or yeah. something like that we immediately will replace them 
Um, if there's a leak, I'll bring them in. I have a, a machine here in the warehouse that I can go out and test them and, and check them and see if there's any leaks. I mean, I personally repair every waiter myself. So that tells you we just don't have very many waiters that come back leaking. No kidding. Um, yeah, we just we just really really don't. Oh, that's cool. Uh, and it's been really really good. I can't I can't complain. Yeah. But we have a policy that if if somebody calls and says, "Hey, my waiters are leaking," you know, we'll take them in. I'll 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 uh, check them on the machine. If they can be fixed, I'll fix them. If we can't fix them, then we'll provide a replacement waiter to them either for free or at a, at a, at a reasonable price so that it, it gets them back out on the water quickly. Oh, cool. And is this, I've heard, you know, talking to a bunch of different companies and people, you know, and fly fishing all different ends from the one man show to teams and stuff like that. I mean, do you, who's part of your, your process? I mean, just talking about the day-to-day stuff where where you're at. Well, this is going to sound funny, you know, to be a fly fishing manufacturer, but uh, Adam's build is two people. Uh Uh-huh. It's me and and Linda Bradley, who's who's my secretary. She's also uh, pulls orders. She takes the orders. She does the invoicing. She she's basically yep. runs Adams Built Fishing while while Mont does the manufacturing <laughs> side. And Linda's cool. worked for me for even when we were at Hendrix. She started at Hendrix as a teenager. Wow! And she's I think she's going into her twenty eighth year. Dang, that's so cool. I mean. This is the amazing stories that I love coming out. You know, I mean, obviously, I think right now in the day and age we're at, it's maybe easier than ever to just go out there and start a business, you know, online or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, but you've been doing this a while and, and you still have pretty much a couple people running the show. I mean, is have you thought about, you know, the, the next, is there a plan? I mean, obviously you've been doing this a while. It sounds like you're doing fine, but to, to add things or is there a reason why not add more people to the, the process? Well, you know, we're, we're been able to, to, to keep up and to, and to keep things rolling on a smooth basis. Every once in a while we get in a bind. Um, I do have another individual, his name's Dennis Isbister who owns, uh, a company called wild fish, wild places. It's a, it's actually a television show that's on oh, the yeah. World fish network. Yep. Um, Dennis has been with me since Adams bill started. He's done my marketing for me. Um, he, he travels to all the shows with me. Um, he's, he's just a very, very knowledgeable fisherman mm-hmm. who fishes many, many days a year and has a lot of experience. Yeah. Is that, um, the marketing side, he is really, really good at. Is that show still, uh, still going? It is. Yeah, it is. That's right. Yeah, it's we pretty... do a lot of marketing on that show. Actually. Oh no, kidding. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes to uh, an episode of that show, so um, so anybody can take a look at it. Okay. Well, this is good. I'm getting a good uh, a good picture of the uh, you know your process, and it's a pretty awesome one. What what is you know as you get into it, doing the uh, you know just a few people. What do you think is the biggest struggle or challenge you know with all this over over the years or currently? Well, without question, the big challenge we're facing right now is inventory control, just because of the nature of importing, um, bringing products in from Southeast Asia and mm-hmm. the time that it takes. You know, and you also have to pay for everything in advance yep. and those kind of things. So cash flow can be a, a challenge at some at, at times, but um, we've been able to do, do really, really well. Um, I cannot complain. It's provided a, a good living for me and my family. Mm. And it's provided a wonderful opportunity for me to do some traveling. I spend a lot of time overseas. 
I've met some wonderful people there. I've uh, found some wonderful factories that I've worked with. Um, we're now facing a new challenge, which is tariffs, tariffs that are right. being applied. Yep. We found out just, just a couple of weeks ago that um, starting June 24th, tariffs will be applied to every product we made, we make. And what does that mean what, what, for somebody that doesn't know about that? What, what is it? What is a tariff and how does that affect? Well, it's a fee that, that the, the United States customs charges to bring product into the country. And there's been duty or, or these tariffs have been on the products from the very, very beginning since I started. But they've now they're now having a little trade war with China. And so uh, the government has put a, an additional 25 percent on top of all the other duty that's we're already charged on top of it. And it's oh, wow. really making it challenging for pricing and to keep products at the at a reasonable cost and, and right. all those kinds of things. So, so now do you. Yeah, is that something where you just have have to add on some cost to the uh, consumer? Well, I don't know what else you do. Yeah. I mean, we're right now trying to work with the factories. We've I've had some factories give us some cost reduction. Um, we're trying to find ways to um, get the product here as cheaply as possible. Um, we're doing everything that we can not to. Adams Built has not had to raise prices very much f- over its lifetime of the company, and that's been a wonderful blessing. But from the looks of things, if this new duty, this new tariff cost goes goes into effect, um, eventually, yeah, it's going to have to be passed on to the consumer. That's right. And now, and yeah, your waiters staying on the waiter thing. I mean, they're very uh, reasonable. I think. What what is a pair of your waiters? I'm not sure if you have different styles, but just on average, we do. We have uh, we have actually three different types of waiters that we sell. We sell our Truckee River waiter, which right now retails at. Two hundred and fifty nine ninety five. Mm-hmm. We also have a women's version of that, the Truckee, which retails uh, also for two fifty nine ninety five. And then we have our our uh, lightweight uh, waiter, which is the Walker River waiter, and that one retails for one eighty or one sixty nine ninety five. Okay. Yep. So so basically, I add on if you had to add on twenty five percent, you're adding on probably whatever that is thirty bucks or. 40 bucks or so, somewhere in there, 50 bucks. So yeah, the waiters, but still, even with that, you get on 50 bucks to your waiters, you're still in the two to 300 range, which is probably, you know, I mean, if you look at Sims or the other companies out there that are, you know, I don't know what their lowest waiter is, but I mean, they probably start higher than that and go up to seven, eight hundred, nine hundred dollars. A lot of the manufacturers, you know, the name brands, the ones that have been out there forever that create a really, really good product and have had some higher prices. Um, they've also realized that that uh, they they needed a lower price point, and a lot of those manufacturers have created price point waiters that are in that oh. upper hundred dollar range, hundred and you know eighty, hundred and seventy. There's a lot of manufacturers that are now creating that price point waiter, mm-hmm. um, which you know is a challenge. But we stand totally behind our waiters. We create a high quality uh, product that we have very little issues with that we can rely on its durability and lasting value. And it's, it's one of the reasons we're still alive in this, in this very challenging uh, industry is because of the quality that we provide. Yeah. What is so, I mean, what do you think is so, well, I guess you mentioned the challenges. I mean, have you mentioned them or there, is there another big challenge that makes this industry so challenging? The, the, the big name brands that are out there, they do such a good job. They have such a such a great rapport with, with the fly fishing industry. Yeah. That's probably 
our biggest challenge, you know, yep. is to try and compete with them. But I've just kind of learned over the last few years that um, I just need to take care of Adams Built and just create a quality product at a at a, an affordable price that are dependable, that people learn to, to love and appreciate, that fit well, that are comfortable to wear, um, and and that's been able to work. And we've uh, continued to grow every year. So yeah. That being said, we're we're hanging in. Yep. Yep. No, I think it's, uh, I mean, just from the outside, for me, uh, looking at it, uh, you know, I think that is the, the challenge because people, when they see the companies that have been there a long time, they think, okay, I'm going to buy these waiters or whatever. And, and I don't have to worry about, you know, if something happens, I'm going to be covered. But, you know, when it's a new company, maybe they haven't heard of Adams built. They're probably thinking, well, gosh, if I buy these waiters, you know, what's the guarantee that in three years or four or five years, the company is not even going to be around and, you know, and I'm going to be stuck with something that, you know, how do I do, you know what I mean? That, that, I think that might be one of the mind, one of the challenges that you have, but you obviously have a good product. So I think it's getting that word out on, on your quality is, is a big part of it. Is that kind of how you see it a little bit? I would say that's the biggest factor. Why, why Adams built as successful as it is, is the word of mouth from its customers. Those go. that actually buy our waiters and other products and try them, um, I think they tend to, to learn that they're really, really good and the quality's there and they fish well and um, they end up being long-term customers. Yeah. No, I'm, I think it's great. I, and I actually, you know, in, in all honesty, haven't, uh, you know, used your, your products yet. I hope to, you know, in, in the, the near future. But, you know, I've heard from other of our listeners that, that they, you know, love your product. So, yeah, I, I think the word obviously is getting out there in some in some circles. So that's a that's a good thing. Well, um, you know, I think I've, I've touched on a, a few of the big things I wanted to, uh, you know, get in here. But you know, before we get out of here, I had a few, uh, other questions and one of them was just, I think maybe you mentioned, do you have a home river, um, in, in Nevada that you kind of, is the, the river you go and fish most often? Well, yeah. And the way you can tell that is we've named some of our products after them. Oh, there you go. Our number one selling item is the Truckee river wader, which is right in our back door, just a few miles away. And, um, in Reno that comes out of, of Lake Tahoe and runs down through our area. Mm-hmm. Another river that's fairly close just to the south of us is the Walker, which we also named one of our waders after. Mm-hmm. Nevada is not really known for a lot of a lot of moving water. You know, it's got just, some good lakes it's kind too. of a desert state. But those two fisheries uh, are really, really good, really high quality fisheries. And is the Truckee is that most mostly known for the Truckee River and yeah. the Walker River? Okay. And is, is the Truckee is that a rainbow? Uh, what species are that you are, are you targeting mostly? Yeah, rainbows and browns. Okay, all right. They both very, very high quality fish. You know, can catch some really, really big ones. Mm-hmm. It, it's a, it's not an easy fishery, but it's a very successful fishery. That's for sure. Okay, and if you had to pick your, you know, for the trucky, maybe your top one or two flies that you you use, what what would those be? <clears throat> well, they have a they have a uh, green drake hatch that comes off. Mm-hmm. Um. At certain times of the year, um, without question, I've had great success with that. Um, there's a, a lot of guys that fish it a lot more than I do. I tend to, to, to work too much, unfortunately. But um, that's the one fly that I would say that I've had some terrific success with. Okay. All right. And uh, and is that fishery the truckie? I'm not even sure the size or people 
uh, boating that or mostly kind of walking, waiting or how are they covering things? Well, it's mostly weighted, but, um, you know, you can, you can put some inflatable boats on there that get fished quite a bit when the water's higher as it has been the last year or so. Okay. Um, they, they will float it. And do you um, have, do you have, uh, you don't have inflatable boats in your line, right? I don't. Yeah. I but, don't. But you have mostly, I think you have pretty much everything else. I mean, waiters, vests, boxes, uh, terminal, well, not terminal tackle, but you have all the accessories, right? Yeah, our big, you know, we, we do waders and boots, of course. Um, one of our biggest product lines right now is nets. Nets, mm-hmm. our aluminum net line is, is phenomenal as well as our wood nets. Um, fly boxes is a huge category for us. Um, one of our biggest categories right now is combos. Our fly fishing combos are really, really popular. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, let's see here. Yeah, that's, um, you know, about all I had uh, before we get out of here. Um, you know, I just want to check in in the next, uh, six to 12 months, anything, uh, anything new or things we can expect for you coming out, um, you know, from either you personally or, or your company. As far as new product. Yeah. New products are just stuff you're doing. Anything you want to, you know, anything different, or are you just going to be rolling along as, as you have for the last six to 12 months? Well, we've added some new, some new interesting fly boxes that'll be coming out this year. Um, I'm in the process now, and I don't know if they're going to make it this year, but we're in the process of creating a new bag line mm-hmm. um, that will be coming out. Um, we did create last year a fly box carry case um, mm-hmm. that just did far better than I ever imagined. Mm-hmm. And we're now adding another size, a little bit bigger size of that, um, also coming out this year. Um, we improved and stepped up our waist high waiter. Um, All right. We added a few bells and whistles to that. That is now becoming um, our our fastest selling waiter right now. It is. And what now the waist high? See, I've never, I've never gotten into the waist high. I've always, I always love the full waiters because the pockets and everything. What do you think? What's the? Why do people love the waist high so much? <clears throat> well, you know. Uh, in the summertime, I'll be honest, I love fishing them because, you know, I don't like, I'm not a vest guy. I don't like wearing a lot of stuff. You know, I'll do, I'll do a lanyard and just put a, a fly box in my pocket. Um, they are a lot cooler. Um, and the older I get, you know, I'm not, I'm not that young anymore. The older I get, um, it's, it's much more difficult to wade deep anymore. Yeah. All so right. I, I really don't wade that deep anymore if I don't have to. Yep. So the waist ties are very, you know, very convenient. Yeah. No, I hear you. That's right. And the waist ties, you didn't mention those are, is that the, do you make them in the trucky the same sort of, or do you have another name for the waist ties? Um, yeah, it's, it's called the, the green, they're the green river waist ties. Oh, okay. All right. Perfect. And, um, those, those, um, are uh, similar material to the trucky. They're five layer on the lower section. Um, four layer on the on the short upper part. You know the truckies are four layer on the on the upper part. Okay. So very durable wader, but very cool to wear. Yeah. Um, great, great breathable material. Huh. Um, how, how do you make your products, you know, better? I think about you know listening to your customers and things like that. But if you get these new bags, you're thinking about. I'm not sure what they are, but maybe they're the waterproof type bags. You know, how do you know that they're 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 good? They're solid. How do you do that R and D or test things and and you know, and how do you know when to change things? Or are you always kind of making things a little bit better on each cycle or how does that process work? 
Yeah, I, I travel overseas um, two to three times a year. I spend a good month, a month and a half um, every year over there in the factories. Um, I spend a lot of time getting sampling. I make sure key people and individuals that I that I work with that know product, I make sure they see them, they, they try them, they see how they work. I get lots of response and ideas and changes and and of course, the industry has tons of things out there that that are popular that you look at and yeah. and try to compare to and, and those kind of things. Um, it's not reinventing the wheel, that's for sure. But yeah, but you, know, you want to make sure you have all the bells and whistles that people like and, and makes it makes your product uh, very fishable. Sure. And do you hear back from people occasionally that the people let you know, hey, I like this thing or I don't like this or you could change this or maybe somebody just comes out and says, hey, I'd like to uh, get a magnetic uh, magnetic rod holder. Do you, do you have any uh, plans of making that? <laughs> what do you say to those people? Oh, I get those all the time. Our website has a place where they can actually ask questions. I do get phone calls on a, on a regular basis of yep. these guys that say, hey, you know, I really like this item, um, but if you could add this to it. In fact, we just recently reinvented um, a bag that we've carried for many, many years called the McQualamy Tackle Bag. And um, a guy said, hey, is there any way you can put gunnel hooks on this so that I can throw it up on the side of oh, my boat? That's a great idea. And and the last time we made that bag, which was just a few months ago, uh, I worked with the factory and we added gunnel hooks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just makes that go. bag really easy to use in your boat. You know, you can also remove them so you don't need them. You know, it's, oh, wow. it's, it's been a bag that I've kept in this line for many, many years. That, it's, that is it's great. Very, I think that's I'm going to have to pick that up. That's for sure. That's uh yeah, I love, I run a drift boat when I can. So that's, that sounds like the perfect, the perfect uh, addition. Nice. Uh, well, uh, so my, just have one more quick random one for you. Did you, you know, um, as far as sports, I've been asking this question with some guests over the last uh, few months and it's been really, I've been getting an interesting, some responses, but did you play any sports throughout your life that, that, uh, you know, all the way up from childhood, anything that you were, you excelled at or you were, you were into? I did. Yeah. I played sports as a youth. I, I was baseball, basketball, football. I played that all the way up through, through high school. Uh-huh. Um, and it- um, my wife was an athlete. You know, so all my kids have been athletes. My daughters have played college volleyball. Oh wow! So if you were, we're gonna... very sports oriented, and me and my wife actually, because it, it's a, a little bit quicker and easier to do than fishing. When we get a break, a lot of times we'll run out to the golf course and play a little golf. Okay. So. All right. And if, if you're if you were going to turn pro throughout your life, what what sport do you think you would have been pro in? I would want to be a golf pro. That's for sure. And is that the one you were best at? I wouldn't say that. Yeah. Um, I was probably best at basketball. Yeah. Okay. I was just never tall enough. So. Oh, gotcha. Okay. All right. Perfect. All right, Mott. Well, that's that's all I have for you. If people want to find you, they can just go to um, adamsbuiltfishing.com. That's the best place if they have questions or want to check in with you. Absolutely. And they can always call here at the warehouse if they'd like. We have no problem with that. Okay, and you, uh, yeah, I'll leave a link to uh, to that, and then uh, maybe uh, a number to the warehouse, or they can go to your website. And but uh, yeah, great. Well, I w- just want to thank you for coming on and sharing your story. I think there was a lot of great little nuggets that come out of this. I think some of the folks that listen to this, you know, maybe some people are interested in you know getting into it. And I think you know the fact that you've shared, you've been doing this a long time, and a lot of good lessons. So yeah, I just want to thank you for coming on and, and, and uh, sharing your knowledge. 
Uh, no, no problem, Dave. Thanks. I appreciate it. Okay. We'll talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye. So there you go. If you want to find all the show notes with all the links we covered, just go to wetflyswing.com slash mont. That's M-O-N-T. And also head over to wetflyswing.com slash great to get the greatest fly fishing trip survey results and find out how you might connect with one of these trips uh, this coming year. Thanks again for signing by to check out the show today. I'm looking forward to catching up to you soon and hope to maybe see you online or on the river. Thanks for listening to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. For notes and links from this episode, visit wetflyswing.com. And if you found this episode helpful, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes.